Hi, I'm Dr. Curtis Westerson, and I'm a dentist who treats TMJ. Teeth to Toes is a podcast where we ask healthcare providers around the world to answer questions about teeth, the jaws, the body, and how they all work together. Now, many, many people have jaw, TMJ, and neck pain, and there's a lot of confusion amongst dentists uh, and patients about how to treat or get treated for these problems. Today, I'm so excited. Our guest today is from a little sleepy Texas town called Edna. My grandmother was named Edna, and coincidentally, she was little and sleepy as well. This doctor has been my dearest friend, and I would call a brother from another mother, since 1999. He's been a business mentor, a student, a colleague for all of that time. You may think a doc from Edna, Texas, he must not be very worldly. And you might be right on some accounts, but Dr. Mackley is not only very worldly, but he's very smart. And he can make the most complicated concept as simple as you want. It's these down-home analogies that make him popular with patients, with doctors, newspapers, and all other forms of communication. Now, Dr. Lee recently retired, but he has not stopped helping people with TMJ. He helps run the international community of dentists called ICMO. And that stands for the International College of Craniomandibular Orthopedics, a big name, but is full of dentists helping TMJ and TMD patients around the world. He recently wrote the book, The Life-Robbing Pain of TMD, Why Me? And he puts Edna on the map for the dental profession. Dr. Lee, how are you doing? And welcome yes. to Teeth to Toes. Well, I'm honored and I'm doing excellent, Curtis. Thank you for asking. It's So retirement has been good. Um, retirement's been good. Yeah, well, I'm still working hard, so that's okay. It's always so interesting to talk to you because you have such a unique perspective. You've been in this business for a while. Your father was a dentist. Your grandfather was a dentist. I mean, brother. brother, your brother's a dentist. You have all this history going back. I'm pretty sure when Graham Bell invented the telephone, he had three missed calls from you. I mean, you've been Could around be. and in be. the profession uh, or your family's been around and in the profession for a long time. So I have been around. You've been around. I want to ask you, how has our profession changed? What's happened? Well, like everything else, everything has completely, totally changed. And, and I became a dentist because I wanted to move back to that sleepy little town. I didn't come want to become a dentist because I loved working with my hands, et cetera, et cetera. I had no idea. I had no clue what I was getting into. And then dental school, of course, was just a complete nightmare. You would think these professionals 
would want to take you and grow you and enrich your life, et cetera, et cetera. But it is, we all know it's almost pure hell. So I get out of there. I want the last thing. I, first thing I want to do is just get out of dental school and go back home and practice. And so for the first five years, all I did was economy partials, huge amalgams, extractions, because nobody had any money. And, and I was in the valley of the shadow of death of dentistry. And I thought, I told myself, this is just not working out at all. And my brother, older brother, smarter brother, forced me to go to the Panky Institute. And I didn't want to go, and so here I was all by myself in, in this big, huge Miami and for a whole week. And it was there I had my epiphany that dentistry could be a fantastic, wonderful profession. And I, my goal then became a super dentist and to be able to be a teacher at the Panky Institute. Well, I never got to be a teacher at the Panky Institute, but I did get to teach. And the problem with the Panky Institute is that my patients didn't go to that same seminar. <laughs> and so when I came home wanting to do this fantastic work that I learned there about how the TMJ, uh, I learned a tremendous amount that has stayed with me throughout my 50 years career. But it taught me that the profession of dentistry could be just more than going to work. It taught me that I could be somebody and then I could help somebody. So still struggled, you know, well, like all young dentists. And, and I, at that time, dental insurance paid, guess what, 1000 to $1,500 50 years ago. That's what it paid. A crown was only $250. So it was easy to work the insurance as like today they're working the insurance. And they paid, the insurance paid good. So I even had the crown of the year club where patients would get, you know, we would, we would treatment plan them out 10 years and getting one and two crowns a year. So I'm sure today that insurance is driving a lot of these practices and driving a lot of diagnostic procedures. I got sick and tired of that about 15 years ago and dropped all insurance. Now, as you have said, I was in newspapers, I was on the Discovery Channel, I would market, I marketed, marketed, marketed. The people even thought I owned the radio station that I was on it so much. So I had a very unique, you know, marketing is kind of like the weather, it depends on where you live. So since I lived in this little sleepy town, then I had the ability to be on the radio, which was a local radio, but it went to a 75 mile radius. So I built up my name and I built up my reputation and my brand by being a columnist for the local newspaper, had a circulation of 100,000, and plus I was on the radio. So I was always constantly, constantly, constantly pushing and constantly learning. And as you know, I was a co-founder of Dental Boot Camp, and most young dentists don't even know what Dental Boot Camp was, but it was a seminar business that just took the dental world by storm back in the early 90s, in fact, 1990. And I was doing that for seven years, and um, didn't turn out like I wanted it to, so I resigned, and when I resigned, I realized that the problem with dentistry is that our patients don't know the fantastic things that dentistry can do for them. And so we're constantly one-on-one -on -one having to train our patients. 
you know, Mrs. Jones, you got this, here's a picture, this is a crack, this is this, this is that. And it just takes so much time. So I got this wild, crazy idea to write this book called Nothing Personal, Doc, But I Hate Dentists, which ironically got the attention of Dr. Oz, the Dr. Oz who, you know, has had such a strange career. And uh, he was, I was on the Discovery Channel with him. I was on Oprah Effie on radio station with him in New York. He gave me uh, the kudos for my book. He, he fashioned all of his books after my books. The thing about Oz is he didn't listen. <laughs> and so when I started, I was an advisor for the Dr. Oz show, but when I started telling him, hey, your information is wrong, they cut me off and that was the end of that. So, but anyway, it was exciting to go to New York and be on the Discovery Channel. I, he did not. He, he was not having any criticism, but I think he's been criticized. So anyway, that's my story about Dr. Oz. But can, can, I can also, I because of my, yes. One question. You yes, said back 50 years ago, insurance was 1000 to $1,500 per year. Exactly. How much, that's limits of what, insurance would pay towards dentistry. What are the limits nowadays with insurance? The same? Same. So basically, 50 years ago, the cost of living was a lot less. Now the cost of living is great, but insurance hasn't changed at all. It kind of seems like... So I even made my own gold crowns. I made my own gold crowns when I got home to dental school. So I think I charged $150 for a crown. Um, and then, so it was, yeah, you could make a lot of money with the insurance companies because they paid well and they didn't ask all the questions that they, you know, started doing 10 years later. Then it became a game. And it's a game that I hated. And so really my, another thing I need to say is that because I own my practice, uh, I was in control of my practice. I was in control of my future. So I'm really advocating you young dentists, if you want to be in control of your practice and you want to be a super dentist, you want to be up there where at the end of my career, I worked, well, for the last 15 years, I only worked three days a week and it was cash only practice. So, I mean, anybody can do that. And the only reason I retired, I'm 78 years old now, I retired at 77. The only reason I retired is because my assistant, who knew as much as I did, got pregnant. And I was not about to go through training somebody else and then having to do all this work myself because I became quite spoiled. Uh, you know, when, when, when you, all you do is kind of show up, you know, especially if you're doing work for TMD and you're doing all these orthotics and stuff, you know, you're working outside of the mouth. It, 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 life is great and, and you're helping people and it's fun. But then I didn't want to do all that stuff by myself. So I thought, well, I'll just retire and start writing again and teaching again. And we think so you that's that. where I am. Now, you and I have and, been. And here's it, another thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, here's another thing. I had a bad year one year, and financially, and this is probably 20 years ago. And I, at the end of the, the, the year, my wife and I felt bad because we didn't have money left over to give the team bonuses. I think I had four team members at the time. And we decided to pull money out of our own personal account, and I think it was $250 to get each one of them. And one of my more vocal 
uh, team members when she got her check in the mail because two chicken to give it to them. Said, this is crazy. You didn't make any money. You took this out of your own account. What's wrong with you? And I mean, she shamed me. So I thought about it over the holidays. And then I went to the office and I said, what is the, what is the purpose of this practice? And they came up, oh, help the patients make money. No, no, no. Finally, I said, the purpose of this practice is to serve me. That's what ownership is about. And that's the only way that you can have control. The team needs to know that it is a business. And the business is the business model that I want. And either they're going to go along with me or they're going to have to find somebody else to run their life because they're not going to run mine. And that attitude allowed me to have the team that I wanted and allowed me to do the procedures that I wanted. Now, on the marketing, I had to be who I said I was. If I said, I'm going to be the guy that's going to take care of you, I'm not going to hurt you, we'll do sedation dentistry, I'll get rid of your headaches, then I had to perform you know, when the patient actually showed up. So I can't tell you how many times I heard, you know, why, why are you here, Mrs. Jones? Well, I needed somebody more than just a dentist. And that makes you feel good, you know, because it's the teeth to toes like you're talking about. It makes your profession worth it. Then you're, then you're really a professional. You're not just doing an MOD. Now, it, the question I was going to ask you was, you and I have both been dentists for um, over 40 years. And as you get older, as you get a little bit more mature, doing this type of TMJ dentistry is actually more fun because huh. you get to you get to take the time with that patient and form that connection with that patient and actually make things work really, really well. Um, I take it when you were a, a younger man, you're kind of run off your feet trying to make a few dollars here and a few dollars there to keep the business alive so you could pay rent and pay salary and do Absolutely. all those things. Absolutely. Uh, and you found a way to, one, make the patients understand what their problem is um, and then have those same patients want to go with you down this road to make them better. Right. They were health conscious people. And when you have the, the, the big monitor and you have the intraoral photographs or, or digital photographs and you, you take a picture of that cracked tooth and you sit there and have it on that screen and just sit there and look at it like the patient, both of you are looking at it. And you look at the patient and say, what do you see? And the patient says, well, it's cracked. Well, who made the diagnosis? They can't argue with themselves. So they have to own their problem. And the way they own their problems with pictures and with word pictures, like you're saying, and just being able to talk in everyday, common, plain language and, and be in step with the patient instead of trying to be the doctor. Everybody's sick and tired of doctors. I mean, after all, your patients are paying us. We're working for them. You know, we right. don't need to have that type of attitude. We've got to have the attitude that, hey, listen, I'm here to help you. And dentistry is a pain-driven profession. Stop and think about it. They don't call unless they have a problem or unless the insurance is going to pay for their free cleaning. So, and when a patient is in pain, money doesn't become the thing. It is a thing, but it's not the thing. When a person is an extreme toothache, 
you know, they're not going to say no to you have to have this extracted. It's going to cost you X number of dollars. They're going to say, Doc, I don't care what you just get me out of pain. And so with TMD, it's, it's, it's so wonderful working with these people that they, after you've talked to them, they say, you know, why hasn't anybody ever told you that before? Thank God I found you. I mean, I, I, I feel better already just by knowing that you care about me. That makes you feel good. And, and you can yeah. charge for it. And you, and you can charge for it, but you know it makes it it makes it good because um, let's face it, everybody has an ego, and when you make somebody feel better, um, you're going to feel better. It's just that coincidental that that works out, and that's a relationship, and that's really great. One of the things that you really taught me is you really taught me about um, explaining things to patients. In a, in a simple, plain speak way. Because mm -hmm. us dentists, we try to, oh, you got the MOD and you got a crack on the on the composite resin or composite resin, however you want to pronounce it. And, you know, and, and this tooth and that tooth. And, and I think it's abscess, but I don't know. You actually make things understandable. And I think it's one mm -hmm. of the best things you've taught me is to to use plain speak. So when I was in dental school, we had our chief of, of surgery. I was assisting Dr. Bird, and I asked Dr. Bird, what kind of tool is that, when he had picked up an instrument? And he looked at me over the patient and said, son, this is not a tool, this is a precision dental instrument. If I ever hear you call it a tool again, you're out of here. So I go home, patient says, hey doc, what kind of tool is that? What do I say? Sir, this is not a tool. <laughs> you get killed when you act that way, especially where I live. <laughs> you can't do that. You gotta be a real person. That's, everybody likes a real person. Yeah, so everybody. Tell it like it is. And then the older you get, the easier it is to tell it like it is. Well, I think the fact that you have that reputation going all the way through has made it very, very um, uh, easy for the patients to trust you and to listen to you. And I think you taught me that the main reason that patients show up at a dental office is because they trust you. That's why they choose you to go get a cleaning well, some people maybe choose the cheapest place to get something done, but um, you know, there's there's no there's no returns on on dental treatment. If you get that tooth pulled out and you didn't like the way it was pulled out, you can't ask for a refund to get the tooth put back in and then True. go somewhere else. It's True. you have to trust the person you go to. In your so we in boot camp. Go ahead. In boot camp, we call that BLT, believability, likability, and trust. If they believe you, they're going to like you, and they're going to trust you. And if they're going to trust you, they're not going to give you. They're not going to give you the money if they don't trust you, unless they're in severe pain and they just don't have any other other option. Or if they're in the military, they don't have an option. But when they're in, it's their own money. They have options, and and you better be who you say you're, and you better take care of the patient. You know. And today, though, it is it is insurance driven. Meaning the diagnosis is based upon what the insurance pays. It's a it's a sad state of affairs for me. 
but then I'm an old guy and I, you know, I've, I've, I've lived through it and I've made it. And I'm just encouraging everybody to learn about teeth to toes. I mean, my God, why, why did dentistry and, and medicine separate? Isn't that the stupidest thing in the whole world? I mean, this is all, it's all connected. And now we're doing the apnea and we're doing the TMD and TMJ. And it's a, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the later years of my practice when I started the TMD stuff. And I learned a lot at Panky, but I didn't really understand until I knew the neuromuscular, where it's the relationship between the upper jaw and the lower jaw and the decompression of the joint and decompression of the throat. All these things that are so exciting to, to, to learn, and I encourage you, my gosh. And the other thing is, is that get with a group of dentists that think like you. Don't hang around with your local society. That's just, uh, that's... They're not going to elevate you into thinking that you can be somebody that's over and above a regular dentist. And it's heresy in dental school to say, no, yeah, I'm better than you. I'm a better dentist. That's heresy. No, it's not heresy. That's ego, like you said. And that is wanting to do better, wanting to strive to be better than somebody else. It's like an athlete. They want to be the best. Why not be the best? Well, who's I... Who's stopping you? Who's stopping you? I think we need to have more of these podcasts and uh we're going to end this one here but do you want to continue on talking here and we'll, we'll we'll record that and we'll have some more podcasts does that sound okay i'm with for you, you curtis uh, you're my leader you're my leader you're a good man well thank you very much mac lee you are a an exceptional dentist and professional and you've been a wonderful mentor for me, and I'm always trying to emulate you uh, in my own career. <laughs> so thank you very much. And this has been a Teeth to Toes podcast, and we're here to help patients that have problems from teeth to toes that could be dental-related, and we're helping dentists to learn how to help these patients. So thank you very much. And thank you, Mac Lee. It's been a we'll pleasure. You did a great job. We'll talk soon. You got it. Yeah.